On today's Locked On Texan podcast, former running back coach for the University of Florida, Greg Knox, joins the show to talk about Damian Pierce, among other things, and Davis Mills, Pep Hamilton. Is there beef? <laughs> We're talk about all that on today's Friday episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Show is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents that capture evidence to accurately verify if a threat is real for a faster police response. Simply Safe is the best out on the market. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Cody Davis. Super excited for today's show. Greg Knox, who is now at Buffalo, the University of Buffalo, coaching the Buffalo Bulls, former running back coach of Damian mm. Pierce, the rookie, and at this point, got to be offensive rookie of the year, Houston Texas running back, who has really did an amazing job of revitalizing this dead running back group that's been horrendous for the past couple of seasons. We talked to Greg Knox to figure out what makes Damian Pierce so good, his preparations, mental, how he's grown, all of that as a player and as a man. I really enjoyed that conversation. Cody first, Davis Mills, <laughs> Pep Hamilton. If you have not seen or heard what we are talking about, Cody, can you please play Davis Mills? Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Um, I didn't know that was the actual amount of plays. It feels like we're playing people close a lot. Um, not just 27 plays, but uh, I mean, I think it just goes to show we got to come out aggressive uh, from the start of the game. Don't try to play too conservative from the start. Come out like we're playing from behind. Um, when it starts 0-0 zero, zero, um, and stay aggressive and drive down the field and get points. And I think that'll uh, help us out um, putting up more points and just moving the football. That was David Smills. Now, Cody, Pep Hamilton had an opportunity to respond to his starting quarterback's comments. Would you mind, please, for the listeners and viewers out there, playing that as well? Well, we just want to be more consistent, you know, just uh, in our overall execution as an offense. You know, we have moments. You know, we come out to half and, you know, guns are blazing. And um, But we want to start the game that way. We want to play that way for four quarters. I think more importantly, we want to finish the game that way. In a perfect world, we want to finish the game running the football. Uh, it shouldn't come down to uh, the last play of the game uh, for us to uh, be victorious. So we uh, we want to play fast and uh, execute at a high level for four quarters. I like that back and forth from Davis Mills and then hearing from Pep Hamilton. And I'll tell you why. It shows that they know they need to get on one accord. It shows that they know they need to get on one page and be more aggressive as an offense. The perfect example that I can give you is looking directly at that first drive against the Eagles. Came out first time of the year that they scored on their opening drive, right? And for Davis Mills, I can understand it. Listen, when they are playing from with the league, excuse me, when they're playing with the lead, 
rushing yards, only 95 rushing yards, 3.4 yards per rush, only 200 passing yards, one touchdown, no interception, two sack. When they are playing tied, when they're tied, it was a tie ball game. And guys, remember, the Houston Texans have went into the fourth quarter of some of these games this year, either with the lead, lead or it was tied going into the fourth quarter. Whenever they are tied, only 195 rushing yards, three yards per carry, one touchdown. Look at Davis Mills. Let's look at and focus on Davis Mills. 465 passing yards, two TDs, four interceptions, sacked eight times. Only 17 first downs. Now, when they are playing from behind for Davis Mills, this is when it all gets interesting. And I understand for people that want to place blame, is it Davis Mills? If it's, is it Pep Hamilton? Because when they're playing from behind, 1,300 passing yards, 7.3 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, five interceptions, he sacked 13 times, but 59 first downs through the air for Davis Mills with an 88 passer rating. So for Pep Hamilton and Davis Mills, we know that Damian Pierce moves this offense. But your quarterback still has to make throws. And so if there's any room for the Houston Texans to win this game, if that's a real actual goal, because I don't know if, if <laughs> losing right now is more of the goal to get that number one pick, secure the number one pick compared to winning games. But if that's the actual goal, then first, Davis Mills, it's on you. Going up against the commanders, listen, Davis Mills needs to slow down and let the game come to him. He needs to progress, go through his reads when he has time, which, by the way, that's been more of an issue for him. Interesting stat for Davis Mills this year. In a clean pocket, his accuracy rating is ranked 33rd in the league. His completion percent rating is ranked 31st in the league. This is with a clean pocket. Under pressure, Davis Mills is ranked 20th in the league in terms of his passing. His poor percentage throws per pass attempt is up from last year, currently sitting at 21% compared to 17 from last year, while his on-target throws are down from last year. So your poor throws are up. Your on-target throws, where you, you want your quarterback and receiver to be on the same page when the ball's coming out, it's hitting me right here in the chest or wherever I can in my vicinity to catch the ball, that's down. That's not a good look for your quarterback. And I'll you know, give you guys some more numbers. Against the Giants, 19% of his throws were poor throws. Against the Eagles and against the Titans, 27% of his throws were poor throws. Throws now it doesn't hurt that the Houston Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of their wide receivers creating separation. But when we look directly at what Davis Mills can control, he's not putting the ball on the number as much as we would like to see him do so. And again, I don't think those are coincidences, I think a lot of that has to do with pressure. But I just gave you guys the numbers of how he is contributing to the offensive success. When the pocket is clean. However, I am calling on the offensive line for this Sunday. Uh, the offensive line has a tough task. They're going up against the commanders who probably has the best, def uh, best defensive front in the NFL. I think this will be their biggest task this year, especially for Kenyon Green, Quisenberry, and A.J. Can. 
And we may end up seeing uh, McCray at some point. We've been seeing McCray a little here and there, but our interior offensive line for the Houston Texans, they need to, you know, play as as, as, as best as they could because it's going to be a long day for him. Um, but giving him some time might help Pep Hamilton open up the playbook because then you might be able to take some shots downfield. Davis Mills has a 54 deep ball completion, completion percentage. That's ranked number two in the NFL, but they are only ranked 23rd in the league in deep ball attempts. So the proof is in the pudding, guys. Give him some time. Pepper Hamilton, hey, allow your quarterback on more occasions to take some shots down the field. But Davis Mills, if that pocket is clean, an NFL clean pocket, not a college, not a high school, if you have an NFL clean pocket, we need to see you put the ball on the numbers. But here's my only issue. You went through all those numbers, especially with him and his ability to create passes down the field. We all know that. But a lot of times, Davis Mills doesn't go through all of his reads properly. Big and that's shot. part of the reason why Pep Hamilton came out and said, look, basically said in that, that clip that we need more consistency. And I understand it. I get it. Davis Mills will probably like to be more aggressive. He would like to go out there and actually make plays. But, John, there have been several times inside NRG Stadium that I'm sitting there watching Davis Mills. He'll have a wide-open target downfield, but yet he will, he will target his safety blanket and Russ Burkhead or, or Brandon Cooks or whoever the case might be with those check-down passes. And then another issue that I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, when Davis Mills talk about there's a lot of times where the team is coming out too conservative, uh, too conservative. a lot of that falls on his shoulders as well. I think John. So. Let's just go back to Sunday's game against the New York Giants. Pep Hamilton gave him several opportunities to get the ball moving with him as your quarterbacks because it was kind of hard for the Texans to sustain the run against the Giants in the first couple of drives, in the first three drives. And what did Davis Mills do? Not one, but on two occasions, he overthrew his target who was damn near wide open. So I see all that just to say, I understand that he wants to be more aggressive. And look, I, I wish there was an opportunity for Davis Mills to be more aggressive. But at the end of the day, he doesn't need to call out Pep Hamilton. He needs to call out himself because in that clip, I did not see him take any type of accountability to say, you know what? I understand that our offensive coordinators, our coaches can only do so much, but right. I have to do my part. And right. that's what I did not like about that clip that of Davis Mills. Some people are saying that that was a shot towards Pep Hamilton. Um, but at the same time, even if it is, man, he has to take accountability because there have been moments, like I just mentioned, Pep Hamilton said, we're going to trust our quarterback. And next thing you know, Due to the inabilities of your quarterback, the Houston Texans have gone three and out, three and out, yeah. three and out, just like they did against the Giants on Sunday. Even if your quarterback has the limitations, which I believe that as of right now, whether it's mentally or physically getting it done on the field, there are some limitations for Davis Mills and the trust factor between he and Pepper Hamilton isn't there. But if your quarterback is limited, what your coach normally does, right, they help you out. You have your go-to read, and then you have a 
read that they want you to follow through if your go-to isn't there. And a perfect example that I want to give you guys is, is this. The five and out Chris Moore pass where he dropped the ball. That very – and I've seen Seth, uh, Seth Payne. Is it Seth Payne? Mm-hmm. Uh, from 16. I saw him put that clip out on, on, on Twitter, and that was a clip I saw during the game. Listen, Brandon Cooks had his man jersey pointing to you. You saw his – you can read his name. Forgot who it was, but you can read his last name on his jersey. When your cornerback that you're going up against, if you can read his name on his jersey, you take the shot. And if you look at their play design where he progressed only to the right side, so he did not go through his full progression, progressed only to that right side, that tells me your first read may have been that five and out or hitting that guy in the flat area. Your second read should have been on that play you got over the top, which is Brandon Cooks, and he had a wide open touchdown. These are some of the moments where you can understand why there's some handcuffing going on if you can't trust your quarterback. But I think the Houston Texans do have an opportunity to win this game against the Commanders on Sunday. They got to do some of these things, man, in order to win it. They got to execute. Your offensive line may have the biggest task of the day. And for that, uh, we got to see a lot of more Tegan Quintoriano. We got to see a lot of more Rex Burkhead, I think, in some of these passing situations simply because he is a very good passing block, pass blocking running back. Getting stuck in the Black Friday crowd, super uncomfortable. Well, shopping Tommy John's Black Friday sale from your couch. Listen, super duper comfortable. You don't got to go nowhere. And check this out. When you give your loved ones Tommy John's, they're that much more comfortable so they can do everything Better shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself. I wish I could show y'all what I got on right now. I think that may be a breach of uh podcaster analysis, sports analysis, and listener relationship. But Tommy John's has the best underwear on the market, they also have loungewear and pajamas with over 18 million pairs sold. Giving Tommy Dunn's has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting the gift from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. So, listen, check this out. Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale going on right now and get 30% off site-wide at TommyJohns.com slash on. That's 30% off of everything right now at TommyJohns.com slash locked on. TommyJohns.com slash locked on. See the site for more details. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Now, as promised, super excited about this interview simply because probably the best rookie running back in this class, Damian Pierce, plays for the Houston Texans. And this young man, I'm going to call him a young man, Coach Greg Knox had an opportunity to coach him at Florida for four years. And so I thought it was very important to figure out what makes Damian Pierce go. Why is Damian Pierce as good as he's been for the Houston Texans during his rookie season? So we got to talk about that. But first, Coach, thank you for stopping by the Locked On Texan podcast. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. And, of course, our listeners and viewers and myself, super glad to have you here. Now, of course, we want to talk about Damian Pierce. We want to talk about your time in Florida. But right now, Coach, your Buffalo Bills 
are five and five. And if you guys do not know, Co- Coach Greg Knox is the running back coach for Buffalo, the University of Buffalo. But right Buffalo now Bulls. they are five and Buffalo Bulls. Yeah. Right now they are five and five, looking for a bowl spot with two games left in this season. Saturday, you take on the one and nine Akron, a team that allows nearly 190 yards on the ground. Is this the game the Bulls run away uh, with a lock-in spot to the uh, bowl game? Well, our, our whole focus this week has been about beating Akron. You know, we, we talk about every day about being 1-0, and 1-0, and you know, just win the day, win the day. So that's been our approach. Uh, we don't really go into the stat part of it or what they're giving up or what their record is because what I found out about being in the MAC, anybody can beat you on any given day. You know, and, and that's really the game of college football, okay? So uh, the one thing about this league, there's no Alabamas in this league. You know, everybody and anybody can beat anybody on any day. That's amazing. Coach, you spent a lot of time with Coach Dan Mullen, dating back to the days at Mississippi State, four seasons at Florida, the University of Florida. What about your relationship that you had with one another that he trusted you to be his running back coach for 14 seasons? We had a great relationship. Uh, you know, when we first started together at Mississippi State, we were getting to know each other. And as we, the years over time, as time went, he began to trust me more and he named me the special teams coordinator. So not only was I the running back coach for him, but I was also the special teams coordinator. And uh, again, it's all about trust and earning trust and doing the things you need to do in this business to be successful. You once described rookie running back Damian Pierce as a tremendous young man and how his approach to the game is centered around his passion for the game. Before we talk about what makes him great on Sunday, I want to ask you what makes him great before he suits up. Because he loves the game of football. You know, there's a, there's a lot of guys that love what the game can do for them. I think he loves just the game of football. And, and you don't find that uh, a lot these days, you know, because of uh, the me, me, I, I, look at me, look at me, and, and things like that, you know. He's, uh, he's more of a team player. And he's from a small town in Bainbridge, Georgia, and he, he just loves to play football. You know, if you roll, if you take a ball and go out there in the pasture in the field and say, hey, we're going to play a game of football, he's going to be out there playing. He's that type of guy now. <laughs> Damian Pierce does seem like your friend from the neighborhood that would just always suggest playing high ball. Let's just yes. throw it up. Whoever comes down with it, let's see if we can tackle him. If not, we're going to start it over once again. And uh, – here in the city of Houston, we appreciate that passion as a runner, hard-nosed runner, um, and, and he does have a knack for the end zone, but it does he seems like just a different kind of guy. And I had an opportunity to speak with him at the Senior Bowl that the Houston Texans have lacked in a very long time. Now, in what ways have you seen Damian Pierce grow mentally as a player and a young man? And those, that, those are some of the things that I think he, he really did a great job on is the mental preparation. Uh, and I, I just remember our our path for four years and how we talked about this day, where that one day he would be in this position in, in, at an NFL team in, a, in an organization. And everything we did led to this point. And, and to be honest with you, I had uh, the other running back I had, he got activated by the Cowboys. Uh, two weeks ago when Ezekiel Elliott went down, name of Leek Davis. 
And the second it came across my phone, I texted him and I said, congratulations. I knew this time was coming because he was on their practice squad. And he called me right away and said, coach, I just want to say thank you because everything we talked about for those four years we were together, right, has all come true. And it's finally come to this point. Now I'm activated. Now I'm getting ready to play. You know, and, and the same with, with Damien. You know, we we spent so much time together preparing him for this opportunity. And what he's doing is maximizing his opportunity. Now he was considered a steal of the draft because, you know, how he's producing now compared to a fourth-round draft pick. Considered a steal. However, his carries in college may also have something to do with that. Coach, now coming out of college, Damian Pierce only had 206 carries in his last two seasons, while his rookie classmate, Kenneth Walker, surpassed that amount in his final season alone at Michigan State. Was there a reason Pierce wasn't showcased more during his time in Florida? Was it your call as his position coach, or was it more on Dan, Dan Mullen? Well, it was, my, it was my call. And the fact that we had several running backs, and again, both of them, the top two guys are playing in the NFL now. Uh, again, that that gave them the opportunity to split time. When when Damien was a when he was a junior, he basically started about every game, uh, his junior season, and then uh, his senior season, Malik Davis was the other one, and he basically started about every game. So they shared time equally uh, in the last two years. And one thing about it, they were great friends. Okay, and they understood the fact of getting seeing each other have success. There was no me, me, I, I'm not getting enough carries. I should be getting the ball more. There was never none of that amongst those, amongst those guys. And so they really enjoyed their time together. And, again, I, I thought in our room, you know, it was just a lot of love for each other. How much of a film room, getting with your, your, your teammates and locking in on the game and how to improve, how much of a – type of player is that for Damian Pierce? He's is that he... type of guy. He's that type of – he's a film guy. He's a study guy. And he always took great notes, okay? He took great notes. He prepared himself. And if he didn't really understand it, he would ask you the question, you know, to make sure he did. You know, and, and we spent a lot of time – we had a young man uh, – we spent a lot of time watching NFL tape, okay? And we had a young man uh, – named LaMichael P. Ryan, who had worn out, mm -hmm. had come out of our room and went to the NFL before those guys. And so we would watch him every week. And so they would watch him and learn, you know, and we would text him and everything and say, hey, how about this play? How about this play? What are you learning? What are you doing? You know, and he would come back and he would talk to those guys about, hey, man, everything you guys are doing, it comes true. When you get that time, you get that opportunity. When you walk in that room at the combine and you do an interview, with the position coach, the head coach, the general manager, right? You got to win the interview. And that's one thing he's really good at. You know, he can get on the board. He can talk. He can draw up his uh, assignment. He can talk football. And, and you as a general manager, a position coach, a head coach, you understand that the kid understands football. He has, he has great knowledge and understanding of the game. So you spent four years with the, with, the, with Damian Pierce. This is year one for the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans fans. Four years compared to one. Let's look at this year for Damian Pierce as his rookie year, like a freshman. What should the Houston Texans expect, and the fans, of course, expect out of Damian Pierce as he continues to grow as an NFL running back? He's going to give them everything he has. 
every week that he steps on that field. When he's ready to go, he's going to give them everything he's he has. And, and that's the way he plays the game. He doesn't play it any other way, you know, and, and that's what I enjoy. One thing, what they haven't had a chance to see is how special he was on special teams. And they won't be able to see that because he's a starting running back. And so he's not going to play on special teams. But let me tell you, he was one of our best special teams players also. How proud of you of him to – he's a starting running back. And for for here for him here in Houston, excuse me, he was the starter from day one, right? We, I mean, we, we went through the Marlon Mack, the Rex Burkhead, that trial and error type of deal. But from the first carry, it just seems like there's an explosive for Damian Pierce here in the Houston Texans jersey that we haven't seen since the days of Arian Foster. But through week 10 – Starting running back, that is your guy who you coach. How does that make you feel? I, I, I'm happy for him, you know, because, again, he's always been the one key word is determined, you know, right? determination. You see it when he runs the ball. You know, I don't know if you ever seen the clip when we were playing Florida State where they knocked his helmet off. Come on, we've seen that. We've seen everybody's seen it. <laughs> he never stopped. And and that's that's the way he plays the game. That's his love for the game. That's his determination. All right. And, and and he's has always been in him and he's just that type of guy. And, and that's what we as coaches, we love about our kids when they when they're determined to do things the right way, the correct way and as hard as they can. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, esports. We've got you all covered over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those like you do at Locked On Network. You can find those over at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get in on your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. As of November 7, 2022, only 13 black head coaches are at the NCAA FBS level. Uh, that only represents just under 10% of the head coaches out of 131 institutions. And dating back to 1989, you have 30 plus years of experience as a coach in college at the college level with 27 years of experience at the SEC level, two and one as an interim head coach, one and one in bowl games. Have you ever considered being a head coach at any point of your career? Uh, has there been real opportunities or is the lack of black coaching representation a more significant issue that we don't talk about in terms of the college game? Well, I, I thought about it. And again, uh, <clears throat> thank you for going through my resume there. <laughs> but uh, it, it's been great. I spent 27 straight years in the SEC and, and had a, a lot of success. And again, I was able to be an interim head coach two times. And it, and it was really great. It was, it was a great experience. I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and truly, I always thought about being a head coach, you know, hoping that they would come. And, and I'm one of those guys, uh, I, I just put it in the Lord's hand. You know, if, if it's meant, then it will come. All right. And that's just the way I approach it every day. And so uh, at, at this point, you know, I still think about it. I know the opportunity is still there. And if the opportunity presents itself, Hopefully I can have that opportunity to walk in and do an interview. Well, we talk about on the NFL level, the lack of black coaches 
And that's been a huge talking point for the last 15 to 10 years. Um, same for the college game. Does that, the lack of representation at the NCAA level, uh, outside of the SWAC, of course, but the major programs, is that a conversation that we as consumers and lovers of the game, we just are not ready to have or we are ready to have and a lot of people just don't want to hear it? I think we're ready to have it. You know, uh, again, not everybody may may not want to hear it, but uh, again, it's it's an issue that we face. You know, you you look at the game, you look at the players, uh, and 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 again, and you look at the number of black coaches. There, it doesn't match. You know, and it is what it is. But I I think we're ready for that conversation, and, and it's time to address it. Absolutely, coach. You have recruited from all over the nation. Your time in Mississippi State, Florida, now with the Buffalo Bulls. You've seen probably more, you know, homes and blades of grass as a recruiter and as a coach in the, in the college level than I've seen in my entire life. You're also from Texas. And, guys, if you don't know, he is born, raised in Rosebud, Texas, down here in the south. <laughs> so my question to you is simple. Where does the best talent come from? Was the Say it again. Where does the best talent come from? The best talent. It's uh, it's, it's really interesting when you travel around all over the country to recruit guys. There, there's a lot of talent in Florida. There's a lot of talent in Texas. Uh, there's a lot of talent in Louisiana. There's a lot of talent in Georgia. And, and what you find is uh, the talent in Georgia, not everybody grew up there they've moved in from different places. So it's really a, a different way of recruiting kids there. Coach, you think a kid, maybe he was born and raised there, but no, they moved into Georgia, into the Atlanta area. And Atlanta's a big, highly populated area where you find a lot of players. You know, you get down to Miami area in Florida, tons of players. Tons so of much athletes. speed out there in Florida, So much too. speed. So much speed. And then you, you get in Texas, they're all over the place. And Texas is such a big state. And, again, you're getting the same thing. You're getting a lot of speed, a lot of speed. You know, you get that track speed when you come to Texas. That's true. That <laughs> is true. Uh, we actually got Ryan Niblett. He plays at Eisenhower. He's going to be heading over to uh, UT. He's a UT commit, and he's one of those track guys who can just kind of burn you over the top. And I think that, you know, we have this conversation on social media all the time. Where does the best talent come from? Where is the best region for talent in terms of football? And I'm from the South. You're from the South. And I truly believe that nobody is competing with the South in terms of talent with football. And so I just want to ask you that because I know you've been coaching for a very long time. You've been coaching longer than I've been alive. All respect to you. And I know you've seen so much, and I just wanted to pick your brain on that. Like, where does the best talent come from? The best the talent, I, I agree, is in the South. It's in the Southeast. When when you look at the northern schools like Michigan, like Ohio State, like Penn State, like Notre Dame, and, and you, you research their skill guys, those skill guys are from down South. You know, they, they, they take a lot of guys from that area, and, they, and, they, and they're looking for speed. Michigan comes down, they're going to take speed. Ohio State comes down, they're going to take speed. And, and you find those guys in the South. And, again, you, you look at Georgia. You take a look at right in Texas, Baylor. How about when Baylor was having all that, that success? They had right. speed at receiver. They had a lot of speed, you know, and A&M, speed. You know, the University of Texas, they will eventually get it back in there. 
they'll have speed. We'll get it back. <laughs> yeah, in that in that southeast now, there is a lot of speed all across the southeast from Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, right, South Carolina. It, it, it's a, Florida is a lot of speed there. Before we leave our coach, I know a lot of stories are kept in the locker room, but is there a story about Damian Pierce, whether it's him showcasing his leadership, whether it's him just being determined, like the run when his helmet comes off and he's coming to the sideline and you know, maybe just talking. Is there a story that you can pinpoint that made you think and say, no, he's going to make it to the league? Well, again, it's after four years, I don't think there's one story. It's just the sum of it, you know, where, again, how we work together, how he played, how he approached the game. And then just, again, he loves football, okay? And I, I truly believe it. He, he he would go out there today even if he wasn't play, paying. If they weren't paying him to play, he'd go out there and play the game anyway. That's just the way he is. You know, uh, we both have dogs. We both love animals. He has dogs. I have a dog. And and so he would play with my dog when he comes over to my house. I go over to his house. I play with his dog. So we were we were that close, uh, even as coach and player. And, and we, we he never crossed the line, you know, because it was coach and it was player. But he just always has been a determined young man. And, and, and I, I I pay tribute to his mom for the way she raised him. You know, he has been a gentleman. He's been very respectful. And he does nothing but work hard. And I, I am so proud of this man and what he's doing right now. And, and again, here now at the University of Buffalo, my guys in my running back room, guess what we do every week? We watch, watch Damian him. Pierce. I got his feel. I got every game. I cut it up. I take all his runs, and we sit down and we watch him. Just like when he was with us at Florida, we watch the NFL guys. He, we watch him now, and he knows that. There it is. And it's, you know what? You're going to have another pipeline of running backs that's going to come through your room and make it to the league, and you're going to do that, keep that tradition going for the future. Coach Knox, thank you so much for stopping by the Locked On Texan podcast. I really appreciate it taking time out of your day. Go Buffalo Bulls. Game this Saturday, like I mentioned. And before the show started, there's a lot of snow coming y'all way. And I hope you're prepared. I've never, I'll never be prepared for that type of snow coming your way in Buffalo. <laughs> but I hope you guys are prepared. I hope you pull out the dub, make that bowl game. I'll be watching the Buffalo Bulls on, on Saturdays. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Go Bulls. <laughs> Go Texans. There it is. <laughs> That was Greg Knox, current running back coach for the Buffalo Bulls. Listen, uh, Buffalo almost got, I think what they said, six feet of snow coming this weekend. <laughs> yes, sir. They had to move there. The Buffalo Bills had to move their game to Detroit. They play against the Browns on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, man. He was telling me how cold it was. And if, I know y'all saw that interview. He got his peacoat right in the back hanging <laughs> up. That's not enough, brother. i tell you that. But that was an amazing conversation. Thank you guys for sticking around, checking out our Friday episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Locked On Texan. Follow us on uh, follow us on Twitter, but subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Enjoy the weather this weekend. Enjoy your weekend. And for all you teachers out there, you know, let's enjoy our break. <laughs>